Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Today I want to just move into this final section on fruitfulness on the front line to wrap up our last few weeks. I hope it's been helpful to you as we've covered these six M's. I won't test you in case you get caught out, but we've over the last six weeks we've talked about making, uh, sorry, modelling a godly character, how to be full of those fruits of the Spirit, how to make good work, how to do things really well, ministering grace and love. To, check, to love our neighbours ourselves, how to mould culture, remembering that everything that we demonstrate, tolerate and celebrate, we will replicate. Uh, talking about being a mouthpiece for truth and justice to speak out what is a God's heart. And then last week, Rob did a great job talking about being a messenger of the gospel, to bring the kingdom everywhere we go. If you didn't catch all that, it's all online. You can get a hold of the podcasts and so forth. But I want to talk today about how we deliver that stuff every day. It all sounds great, all sounds lovely, but really how do we be fruitful? What does fruitfulness even mean and how do we do that in today's society? So I don't know if you ever heard of Guy Coma. Guy Coma is an internet legend. (laughs) Guy Coma went for an interview at the BBC And he was sitting there ready for a job interview to work in their technical department. And he was sitting in reception where someone came over to him and said, are you guys? He said, yes, I am. He said, great, your interview's this way. He went on to the studio and was sat in front of the cameras. And he was asked the question. He thought, this is a strange job interview. Maybe they just kind of, you know, make me uh, sweat a little bit. And they asked the question, what do you know about the future use of the internet and downloading and Apple computers? And he started making up answers. <laughs> he just thought, well, I might as just go with it. It's a great interview. If you look it up, it's online. And in 2006, Guy Comer became an internet legend because he was pretending to be somebody he wasn't and for a couple of minutes was starting to get away with it. In fact, he's still getting interviewed now about what he did sort of those 14 years ago. Guy Comer was pretending to be somebody he wasn't. We'll come back to that in just a moment. If you turn to Mark chapter 11. Um, Here's a really unusual story about Jesus uh, on a journey from Bethany to Jerusalem. This is verse 12, the story of the cursed fig tree. So Mark 11 verse 12, it says this, the next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus, hungry Jesus, said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. And his friends and disciples heard him say that. Jesus had a bad day because at that moment he was hungry. There was no fruit on the tree. His next step, he goes into the temple and he gets a little bit grumpy in the temple. He turns the tables upside down. He clears out all the space. There's a whole other story there. And then he heads back home. That evening, Jesus and disciples left the city. The following morning, uh, verse 20, as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed he had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree the previous day. And he said, look, Rabbi, which means teacher, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. 
then Jesus, never one to miss an opportunity to make a really helpful point, said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. And it will happen. He talks about faith and prayer being transformative. But right in the middle of this story is this fig tree that has no fruit. And I want to talk to us today about how it can be that we can look fruitful but have no fruit. The tree was full of leaves, but it had no fruit. Have you ever done a gycoma and presented yourself as an expert when you know very little about the subject you're talking about? Have you ever pretended to have more knowledge than you actually do? Have you ever had people round your house and you've tidied every room that they go in and hidden everything in the bedroom, the spare room, the utility room, and you just hope they never go in the wrong door looking for the toilet because then the whole facade will break down. Have you ever turned up to an event all dressed up looking fantastic, but in your bedroom is the 15 other outfits you've decided not to wear? Have you ever put something on a Facebook or Instagram post that makes you look slightly better than maybe you were? Have you ever retaken a selfie because the first one had too many chins going on? <laughs> I've got a friend who has a selfie face. He always stretches his mouth, so it's never an issue. Hold the camera high, apparently. That's a little trick for you to use that. Have we ever presented ourselves as one thing when in reality we're actually a little bit different to that we'd like people to see about us? Have we ever pretended to be successful or fruitful when there's actually very little fruit to show for it? When it comes to our Christian faith, we can look like we are doing all the right things. We can turn up to church. We can make sure everyone sees us holding a Bible. We can say our prayers out loud. We can serve on a team. And yet, we can be without fruit. We have lots of leaves lots of activity. Do we want to look fruitful or do you want to be fruitful? Do you want to look Christ-like or do you want to be Christ-like? Sometimes we settle for just looking like we know what we're doing rather than actually being that way. Fruit work requires root work. It takes effort. It is not something that happens without any activity. In the story of the fig tree, Jesus demonstrating the power of prayer. Jesus spoke to this tree and it shrivels up and he's saying, you know what, to his followers, if you have a challenge, if you are facing a difficult task, he used the word mountain there, but in, in sort of literature at that time, the rabbis would use mountain as a, an obstacle. If you're facing an obstacle, if you pray, God can change the obstacle you're facing. And we're facing an obstacle in today's society right now. Are we praying and believing that God will do something different? The fig tree was there. It looked like it was fruitful, but it wasn't. This is the way that Joyce Meyer writes about this parable. If our lives revolve around the church, but we have no fruit, we are not living our faith. We can read our Bibles, listen to Christian podcasts, and go to prayer meetings, but if we do not have time to help anyone else, or even show kindness. We like the fig tree with leaves but no fruit. Leaves with no fruit. We're living in a time where we need to be kind to other people. 
I wonder how many of us won't just think about me first rather than others. What is a fruitful Christian? It's more than just having a good character. It's more than doing good work. It's more than ministering grace and love, molding culture, more than being a mouthpiece for truth and justice, more even than being a messenger for the gospel. A Christian is somebody who follows the way of Jesus and tells others about him too. It is this great mission, this great commission that Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew 28, all authority is in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. That's the mission. If we want to measure our fruitfulness, we measure it against the request from Jesus Christ, who said, go into the world, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as Freedom Church, we said this, we said our mission is to lead people in the pursuit of Jesus, see lives and communities transformed. It's a way of presenting those same words of Jesus. We are committed to pointing people to Jesus. We're committed to seeing people's lives and their communities affected for good. We want to see lives transformed. But let me just tell you a little bit of truth right now and not a facade. You see, the, the, the story I can tell you of the last two years, this church has grown largely in numbers. We've seen more people coming than ever before. As you saw in the video a few minutes ago, our children's work has doubled in the last couple of months. We've got more children than ever before. Our church finances are a better place than they've ever been before. Your giving and generosity is incredible. The truth is, we can tell a story of how amazing God is through our numbers of people that turn up on a Sunday. Even today of all days, our people have turned up. The giving of this church. But then let me tell you another story. In the last two years, the number of people saved and finding Jesus here in this church has gone down. In the last two years, the number of people who get baptised in this church has gone down. In the last two years, the numbers of people that have gone on an Alpha course has gone down. That's not fruitful. But we can tell everyone a great story. We can put stuff online and say, you know what, Freedom Church is growing Freedom Church has doubled its children's numbers. Freedom Church is being generous. But if we're not careful, we can be all leaves and no fruit. And I don't want to be somebody who leads an organization that tells everyone that's our mission statement when actually people aren't getting saved, people aren't getting baptized, and people aren't discipling others. I want our story to be one of fruitful as a church. I want you to be fruitful as a person. I want to be fruitful as a person. I want this church, I want this church to have an impact, to make a difference, to not settle and go, you know what, we're doing okay. And we can do that. And we can create stories that make ourselves feel better. And I'm sorry if this makes you feel uncomfortable. I am extremely uncomfortable about leading an organization that is doing lots of really good things, but it's not enough. We don't want to just do nice things and be kind and be loving, but not be fruitful. We're going to carry on doing all the good stuff. We'll still be caring for people. But if we don't see people saved, I don't want to send people happy to hell. I don't want to say it's okay just to kind of, we'll look after you, but we'll never challenge you. We'll care for your needs. But we'll never point you to the very creator who made you in the very first place. I'm committed to this mission of leading people in the pursuit of Jesus because that's the only way lives and communities ever get fully transformed. The definition 
according to Einstein, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I don't want to keep on just doing church the way we've always done it, hoping somehow, somewhere, it might just change. I want to keep finding ways to help people discover Jesus for themselves. It may seem hard to you, it may be difficult, it may be challenging, it may feel like, this is impossible, Sim. Yeah, it's called an obstacle. It's called a mountain. It requires our prayer to believe that only God can change the hard hearts, the difficult circumstances, the people we're meeting. We believe that God can change circumstances. Jesus said this in John 15, I am the true grapevine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they'll produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. But then he says these really important words. Remain in me. And I remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. You want to be fruitful? Get connected in to Jesus. Let me give you three helpful pointers about how we can be fruitful followers of Christ today. Number one, we need to be intentional in our prayer. We need to be absolutely intentional in our prayer lives. We need to be proactive. We need to be attentive. We need to make sure that we are praying at the beginning of our day. You might say, well, I struggle at the beginning of the day. You know what? Let's pray before we interact with people rather than after we've had the conversation. Let's pray at the beginning of our day. Who are we praying for? Where is that prayer list of people you would love to see saved and finding Jesus for themselves? You know, look at the story of David in the Psalms. He wrote these prayers, often to music, and they were prayers of lament, disappointment, sadness, frustration, and prayers of battle. They were his prayers for what he was experiencing. Let's make people who just pray for church events or pray for church activities. Pray for those you know are far from God and you would love to see them encounter God for themselves. There's been one person I've been praying for for many, many years. He's a long way off from where I'd love him to be, but I'm keeping on praying, keeping on believing, and knowing that one day God can overcome the obstacle. He can take this mountain and he can change it because God is a powerful God. Make sure we are praying. Pray before you go to the gym. Pray before you go out for a coffee. Pray before you meet a friend. Pray before you send that awkward email. Pray before a phone call. Pray before the school run. Pray before anything you participate in. Say, God, would you help me as I go into this person's home, as I meet somebody, as I go to work, as I have this difficult meeting or conversation. Pray before and say, God, would you allow me to be fruitful in this opportunity? Let's be people that pray. Secondly, people. We are called to love one another, to invest in people. It's all about people. People, as we often say here, really, really matter. I loved hearing that story from Joe just now on the stage where he said that one of the reasons he's staying in Romsey is because he met people who were like him and they hung out together, spent time to each other, with each other and built a sense of belonging. I, was, I talked to this lady this week who, when she was a young mum, she started meeting with other young mums for prayer. Every two weeks, they met for prayer every two weeks. 30 years later, they're still meeting as grandmas of young grandchildren every two weeks to pray. 
every two weeks for 30 years, and they've built community. People are amazing if we're willing to start taking the risk of being vulnerable with one another. Look out for who can I spend time with? Who can I pray with? Who can I get to know and be part of? Who are people in similar scenarios to I'm in? If I want to be fruitful, who is holding you to account? Why not start a group of people that go cycling together, go watching football together, I don't know, go to the vegan restaurant together, that's your thing, or maybe a real ale down the pub, playing golf or walking, it's kind of the same thing with interruptions on one of them. You decide, what you, go find stuff to do. Go find stuff to do and people to see, and maybe in this next few weeks it's going to be a bit more, you know, kind of remotely than it might be, but find things and people to connect with and say, could I spend time with you? Could we find a habit of hanging out praying together, and let's see what God will do. People who hold themselves to account with each other. I believe that people are always better when they are together. It's one of our values around gathering, that we, gathering, it's over there, it's one of them, that we make sure that it's important, people together, we are community, we're designed to be together, we support one another, we love one another, we prod each other into action, we run that race side by side, not to compare but to cheer each other on and to pray. As Ali said earlier, Christian life is not about our convenience. It's never about our convenience. And I think sometimes in the Western church, we've told a story that's just not true. It's a story that creates leaves. It never creates fruit. Our, our story is not about convenience. And I love the fact we do things well here. We have nice coffee and a welcome and everything. But listen, church and following God is never about self-convenience or self service. It's about sacrifice. It's about suffering. It's about serving others. It's always about others first. The message is always loving God and loving your neighbor. The Bible doesn't say love yourself first and everything else will work out okay. This is not a message of self-convenience or self-care or self-preservation. And right now we are seeing a story of society going me first. Me first. I'll get what I need first. What about if we turned it all around? And we started going around to our neighbours and I've seen some things on Facebook, people like little cards they put through doors and saying, can I help you? Can I go shopping for you? Can I be inconvenienced for your support? Can I support you? I've heard about people setting WhatsApp groups up in their streets. You know, could you mess your neighbours and set up a group and say, could you message me? If you want help, I'd love to help you. I'm happy to serve. I'm happy to go out of my way for your benefit. Are you willing to do that? Or are you thinking, as long as I'm okay, as long as I'm all right, as long as my family's okay, how are we looking out for others? That's fruitfulness. That's fruitfulness. Give yourself in service to others. Jesus is very clear. When you do that, you will receive a blessing 30, 60, 100 fold. Let's be givers up to others rather than to ourselves. Invest in people. Be people of prayer. And lastly, this is something I think, especially in these times where there's fear rattling around, Let's be people who deliberately read the Bible regularly. Discover once again, what is my identity? Because when you are watching the news forecasts 24 hours a day, that will breed fear. And when you read the Bible, that will breed confidence. And we're living in a season where I keep using this phrase with our team, going, we want to be people of faith and people of common sense. All right, we've got people of faith and common sense. We cannot just be all out there going, yeah, I'll be fine, I'll just pray really hard and God will sort it all out. We can't be fearful and running away and scared. We have to go, what are those two things? Hold them together. Let's have some common sense. Let's be people full of faith. And if you want to find out what faith looks like, it's in 
the Bible. 2 Timothy says this, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. And listen to this, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work, to be fruitful. You need to get stuck into the word of God. God can speak to you today through his words that were written centuries ago. You can discover your identity. Declarations of who you are and who you are becoming can all be found in the Bible. Write them down. Stick them up. So you can see the Bible says you should you know, tie them to yourselves, but find more practical things that might work for you. Put them in the dashboard of your car, not on the windscreen. Put them, please, uh, put them around the mirror when you're doing your hair in the morning, if that's something you still do. I'm looking carefully around the room. If, anyway, follically challenged people. Um, but whatever works for you, find ways to kind of, whether it's on the front of your fridge or the inside of your fridge, if that's more your thing. Find place to stick scripture and remind yourself of what does God say about you? What is the truth that he says about you? So you can change your identity rather than what the world says you should think to what God says you should think. Because if you look in the scripture, things like this said, because of Jesus, you're a child of God. You are Christ's ambassador. You are a masterpiece. You are chosen. You are joyful, gentle, patient, faithful, self-controlled, kind, You are known even before you were born. You are loved. You are free. You are healed. You are unashamed of the gospel. You are a new creation. You are born again. You are a new creation. You are more than a conqueror. You are mighty in the power of God. You are the church that exists for the world. All that stuff is there in the word of God. And in Romans 8, which Judith read earlier, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful, slaves. We're not slaves to fear. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him dad. We call him father. For his spirit joins our spirit and affirms that we are God's children. We're not slaves to fear. We're children of God. And yet so often we forget. We become familiar because we're part of the family. And we need to remind ourselves of the values of our family, that this is who God says that we are. And when we understand who we are, we stand taller. We are more confident in our faith and we can be fruitful when we are praying intentionally and we are engaging with people and we are discovering who God says we are. It's going to bring things to a close. The band can make their way up to give people some hope that this is plain is going to land. James chapter 2 says these words. What good is it, dear brothers or sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and they say, and you say, goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm, eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith itself, by itself, isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Fruitfulness requires us to do something. It's not enough to say, well, I hope everyone's okay. Let's make sure people are okay. Let's be inconvenienced 
Let's make sure our fruitfulness starts right now in the middle of uncertainty rather than waiting for a convenient time that suits us. Fruitful people plant seeds. Fruitful people plant seeds. You don't always get to see the fruit, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't plant the seed. This change of culture we've talked about, the character, the ministering love and grace, the making good work, speaking out truth and justice, telling people about the gospel and living it out may happen after you've left the very front line you're on today. You may be sowing seeds today that you will never see the benefit of tomorrow. You may be planting seeds that will grow a tree you'll never sit under the shade of. But the seeds you are sowing have eternal potential. So well. Be fruitful. Let me tell you a couple of stories as we bring this to an end. Dame Alice Owen was born 400 years ago in Islington, London, into abstract poverty. While she's walking along a field, an unhelpful and unlearned archer missed his target and put an arrow through her hat. At that moment, out of gratitude, she said, God, if I ever have money, I will do something for the poor of this neighborhood. The story's pretty tragic. She married one wealthy guy, he died. She married another wealthy guy, he died. She married a third wealthy guy, he died. (laughs) You can read into whatever you like, but she went, wow, God, I've suddenly got some money and I said I would use it if I had it. So she bought the piece of land where the arrow had gone through her hat. And she built a church, a hospital, a school, and some almshouses. For over 400 years, that bit of land has served generations in Islington and London. In 2016, it was voted the best school in the United Kingdom. Invested by Dame Alice Owen 400 years ago. 100 years ago, Dr. William Leslie moved to the Democratic Republic of Congo. He spent 20 years serving the Yancey tribe out there. After an argument with tribal leaders, he left despondent, feeling like a failure, like he'd done absolutely nothing to push forward the gospel story. In 2010, a team of missionaries came upon the Yancey tribe and discovered large numbers of churches, including a thousand-seater stone cathedral that they had built. They said, why, do you, why are you learning about this man Jesus? Where did you get all this information from? And they pointed to a man called, all they knew his name was Leslie. And after some research, they discovered this man, Dr. William Leslie, has spent 20 years of his life sowing seeds. And 80 years later, the fruit got discovered. What you sow today has eternal consequences. So you might be saying, but Sam, that was 400 years ago. That was 100 years ago. There are people with wealth, people with time. On Monday this week, Lauren, aged 11, her mum told me this story this week. She came home from school on Monday, said to her mum that she'd been talking to her friend Tilly at school, and Tilly wants to know how to become a Christian. Lauren said, well, you just pray and you ask him to come into your life. But we've got a youth event tomorrow night. Why do you come to our church youth event on Tuesday evening? So she came back after school for tea on the Tuesday and went and joined the youth worship night. 
At one point in the evening, the worship leader said, maybe they'd like to pray for each other. So Lauren prayed with Tilly to become a Christian. The Holy Spirit came on her. She started to shake and cry and chose to follow Jesus. On Tuesday night, seeds got sown by a 11-year-old schoolgirl. Fruit for much is to come. Make sure you sow well, trusting that fruitful people are those that plant seeds. Jesus said these words in Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in the field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. I believe each one of us here carries huge potential. We have the potential to be fruitful. We also have the potential to look like we have potential. We can be a, a plant full of leaves or plant full of fruit. We get to decide what we do with what God has given to each one of us. Let me stand and I'm going to pray for us together. That's okay. How's the worship team? It would be wrong of me to say or not say today, if you are sitting here today and you think, I don't know this man Jesus you talk about. I wouldn't call myself a Christian. I don't have, I've never made that decision to follow him. Then today would be a great day. If that is something you would love to have the next step, don't wait for an alpha course. Don't wait for a next opportunity. Now is a good time. I would love to pray with you this morning and lead you to Christ. I would like to give you an opportunity to turn seed into fruit. And that can happen right now. And your life can be transformed. Let me pray for us. And if that's you, do come and see me in just a few moments. Lord God, I thank you that you've given each one of us huge potential. You've given us each one of us the potential to be really fruitful for the kingdom of God. Lord, thank you for all that we've learned these last few weeks. But we don't want to be people who just learn stuff and do nothing about it. Like the man that looks in the mirror and goes away and forgets what he looks like. May we be people who plant good seed. Lord, that we are fruitful people. That we are a fruitful church. I want to pray this church has great impact across this area and beyond. Not so that Freedom Church gets the glory, so that you, Jesus Christ, get all the glory. Because only you are the one that saves. So we pray, Father God, you would give us boldness and courage. You'd give us the clarity in our prayer lives to pray intentionally for those that we love who are lost and not following you. Lord, find us groups of people we can connect with and be part of a community. That we can read your word and discover who we really are. That we'd be a fruitful fruitful community we pray in the power and the name of Jesus the one that saves amen amen god bless you for more information about freedom church please go to www.freedomchurch.uk thank you for listening